Watkins today. Hopefully back tomorrow. Scott Marsh in for Chris Watkins till noon. And then Frankie's going to be along. And then Emil. I got to say this real quickly, Scott, for what it's worth yes. before we move on to the 49ers again. I kind of miss watching the Little League World Series. First time I oh. think in my whole life I've ever said that. That was the greatest game by far in Little League World history. And just like one of the great games. That was the best part of the weekend, honestly, to see that kid, Lewis Lappy, hit that home run walk-off. To me, I love it. Uh, Lappy hour, baby! <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching the Little League World Series forever. I just think it's great, you know. Um, and that was an awesome, awesome game yesterday. That was... Um... Southern California yes. over Curacao, right? It was. And Curacao is like, you know, Chinese Taipei. They're like the dominant international teams. California is always the best U.S. team that qualifies. So it was the best of the best that have finished in a dramatic fashion. And like, it's a, to me, it was as good as any major league game I've seen in a long time. Um, by the way, did you see the weird double play the Giants turned last night? I did. It's the first time it's happened like in the modern era, right? Yeah, it's, I, I, yeah, I'm trying to figure out the scorekeeping on it again. So three, yeah, one, four, two. Yes, yeah. Because I guess they had the shift on. So ground ball, right side of the mound. First yeah. baseman grabs it. There's the three. Tosses to the pitcher covering, but the pitcher's not going to get there. Yep. Second baseman's covering first. Pitcher throws to the second baseman, and he throws home to get the runner. And it was further complicated by the fact that initially the umpire called the runner home safe. Right. So he was, was like, so well, how is that a out. double play? That was yeah. one of the worst calls, by the way, too. And if anybody doesn't like review, I mean, come on. That was that was a complete overturn right there. And by the shift, we weren't talking about an illegal shift. It was just a second right. over. Yeah. yeah, and I know you mentioned earlier robot umpires. Again, yes. I've always been dead set against those. But some of the calls I'm seeing in baseball is like, we got to do something. Well, that box is just the ultimate uh, you know, vindicator, right? Because, again, we're just seeing so many different calls and the umpires are as much a part of the game's history as anything else. I agree with that. But my bigger question, is that box accurate all the time? Like good question. how can that box, like you're a different height than I am, right? You stand differently than I do. Like how can that box be absolutely right? Every question. single time I, I want to know. Thing. <laughs> but you, you see just some miserable calls too. And we have a uh, U S open up in here too. Tennis is one sport where, the computer refereeing has made the sport way better. You don't notice anything about it. Yes, I missed the John McEnroe yelling at the head official or something like that, but the game is better as a result of having but, technology. And I know we've both done yeah. some tennis matches. When you see yes. the replay, it's like a simulation, right? It's it not is. video. And it's like a, it's a computer simulation. Is it of accurate, what, too? Yeah, that's what would drive me crazy. <laughs> I know. I'm a tennis player. How do you know that's even what happened? I, I agree. I agree with all the above. <sighs> what happened with Trey Lance? Where did it all go wrong? Why did the 49ers draft Trey Lance in the first place? Well, they shouldn't have, right? You know. Well, why again, do you think they did? What would be your best gift? Why in the world did the 49ers do that? I think, you know, it's just, again, in an era where everything is all about the quarterback, move up, go as high as you can, take a floater. Uh, They got a little overzealous, obviously, and it was a bad evaluation. I mean, that's as simple as it can get, right? Kyle Shanahan explains it this way. When you go back to three years ago, we made a commitment to looking at our roster. Mm -hmm. So he's saying this wasn't just about the quarterback position. Uh, We felt it was important with our roster going forward that eventually we were going to need a quarterback on a rookie deal if we wanted to keep this team together. We made that decision after the 2020 season, and we weren't going to look back after that. 
So he and John Lynch calculated the 49ers, if they kept Jimmy around and they had to pay him more, he was making $27 million per year at the time, they felt like we won't be able to keep our players. So they decided, all right, we, we'll keep Jimmy one more year. We'll get in this draft a top-line quarterback, paying him rookie money, and that way we'll be able to keep our team together. So that makes sense. It's just, unfortunately, the guy they decided on was Trey Lance. Do you remember at the time when they traded up, the the company line was, we're not sure who we're taking, but we like enough guys mm-hmm. that we know we're going to get a guy we like at three. Some people at the time said, that's idiotic, but I think it may actually be true. Yeah. No, I think it is true, and... The, the point that Kyle Shanahan is making from a big picture, especially if you're John Lynch and you, you're the GM, the number one problem that NFL teams have, of course, is that they spend a third of their salary cap on a quarterback, right? And you've got nothing left. And for a team like the 49ers, which is truly all about the team and all the positions and what we're seeing now with Nick Boza and having to pay everybody yeah. all around, Warner it makes total and sense. and Trent Williams it, it, and Ayuk and Debo, yeah. No question. If you can find a rookie contract for a quarterback who is good enough that's the holy grail right but to your point uh trey lance wasn't that person but to the bigger point in within that draft there probably wasn't the quarterback who was going to be that person right mm-hmm. um i suppose although you, you pointed it out earlier and we all know if he hadn't gotten hurt end of the preseason his first year yep. maybe that doesn't um hold back his development and then you know last year he's the starter it's like okay the plan is in place yeah. We've got our guy, he's uh, what on a rookie contract, he's our starter, and he breaks his leg. It's just you could even see in that game, sure. that loss, well, it was the second game of the year that he broke his leg, pardon me, but the first game of the year last a uh, couple years ago, when he uh, breaks his ankle, excuse me, when he loses to the Bears, you could see, wow, that offense, remember that terrible loss to the Bears? That offense looked terrible, and he didn't look like very it good. It did, and it was crummy weather conditions. Like two games no, no, you're right, but it was crummy weather conditions yeah. that day, too. That's not an excuse, but that was the reality of the situation. Um, you know, I think the, the, the fault of the logic from Kyle Shanahan there is that that probably works a lot better on a team that's 2-14 and 14 than 14-2, and two, right? I mean, you can yeah. plug and play with all of that and maybe try to – to tweak the salary cap with a, a quarterback on a team that you know isn't built to win right away. But on a team that's built to win right away and you're taking a flyer on the most important position probably in all of sports, that's the fault in the logic. I think Kyle had to be talked into that pick. I think he probably did want to go Mac Jones. I know mm-hmm. there was a lot of yeah written about that at the time. I don't think he ever considered Fields. And I know a lot of people right now are still saying, why in the world would you not have taken Fields? I'm not saying well, they shouldn't have. And the, I just don't think he ever really considered it. I agree it. with that. But if you listen to the logic about his running mobility and everything else, uh, Justin Fields didn't fit the mold. No, you're right. You know, um, but, you know, if Mac Jones had, had been the pick, what do you think his trajectory would have been in San Francisco? I don't know. Yeah. Assuming he doesn't get hurt. Uh, he's probably right now, we're probably at a point where people are saying, boy, we better see it. This be my mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. He's pretty good, but we better see it now. Mm-hmm. If this team's going to win a Super Bowl, they're going to need him to be the guy yeah. that they imagined he'd be when he, when they drafted him. Yeah. And I think it's just at a larger point, there, there really wasn't a breakout, no brainer quarterback pick that year. Right. Well, he was gone by the time. I mean, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, sure. maybe. Sure. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is, was the obvious number one. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No question about that. But I think that. they really wanted Zach Wilson. It's probably a good thing they didn't get him. He hasn't worked out. That's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just can't assume that these quarterbacks are highly rated no. and we have a high pick. So it's time to get our quarterback. Yeah. 
And I think, you know, that's just kind of the era. And I'm interested, again, to see if the NFL kind of backs away from that because teams are getting burned. I bet you they won't. I agree mm-hmm. with you. They should. But especially if owners come into play. Mm-hmm. And owners always come into play. We've got first pick. We want to sell tickets. Look at this guy. I love this guy. I saw him on TV, and he was great yeah. in uh, – you know, the the Tostitos Bowl, we've yes. got to take this. True, guy. but they didn't have that with Trey Lance. I mean, nobody really knew who he was, right? I know. That was kind of a strange one. Yeah. It was just Mac Jones, eh, yeah. he was so bland, True, relatively speaking. And yeah. somebody, whether it was uh, Lynch, I don't know, but someone said, Kyle, the third pick, we got to get somebody who's got a little more going for him than Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was faulty reasoning. It all thing was didn't faulty work out. logic. No question. Yeah. But I, I mean, the Niners can still recover from this, obviously. I mean, it, it is uh But does that excuse the mistake they made to the no, point? No, it where, doesn't, but yeah. let's face it, every, every general manager makes a mistake, right? Every team makes mistakes. This is a bad one, obviously, but it's not threatening their franchise's success. And if we're being fair, they drafted Brock Purdy with the last pick, and now he's going to be their starter, and most people feel like he's going to be a very capable starter. So as bad as the Trey Lance pick was, we have to give equal credit if Brock Purdy becomes what we think he can. Yeah. Did you happen to see Peter King today? Peter King said if it was his team, if he was Jed York, Mm -hmm. he would sit down with Kyle and say, all right, uh, what happened here? Yeah, we're doing fine. It looks like maybe we figured this out, Mm -hmm. but what how did that happen? And how do we make sure that doesn't happen again? Cause it's inexcusable. Yeah. Uh, I remember at the time when they made the pick and nobody knew about Trey Lance, nobody, Trey Lance didn't know. Uh, and obviously it was a huge swing. And it's funny. That's what Shanahan and Lynch kept saying Friday. It was, we, we missed, we missed with it. We took our shot, but I remember saying, look, if Trey Lance doesn't work out, Kyle Shanahan will probably never be making personnel decisions again. He'll be coaching, but yeah. he'll probably be stripped of those duties. And yet, here we are, and that's not going to happen. I agree with all of that, but and in, 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 you're probably right because it's so tough for a coach to have uh, GM responsibilities as well. But the bigger question for Kyle Shanahan and the big picture for 49ers fans is can he win the big game, right? I mean, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. He's got to get the team there first, but I mean, they've been there also. Um, so I, I think... Those are like the longer term questions for this organization. Yeah, right? they're still in the period where oh, they've come so close and yeah. they're still on the rise. But I think that's one reason why there were so many questions this year of the 49ers in camp. You said you were at camp. Yeah. So many questions. The window's closing. What do you think of the window closing? You know, and they just kind of, uh. And I understand Trent Williams and Kittle's like, you know, we can't think that way. And they can't. But as far as the organization goes, and Shanahan, if you go another year or two without winning, at some point it's. I'm not sure you're the guy. Right. No, and, and again, we all know with Shanahan and his past and with Super Bowls and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, once you start getting that reputation, it's hard to it's hard to shake it. 339-1140, Let's go to Dominic on Sackdown Sports. Dominic, you're on with Scott Marsh, Whitey Gleason. What's up? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh-huh. Uh, what's up? I mean, talent is evaluated by looking at film, and I'm sure – Mr. Lynch looked at film of Trey Lance before the draft that caused him to pick him number three. Can we have a look at that film? Because what we've seen on the field from Trey Lance has been garbage. It's been subpar. It's like a deer in the headlights every play. Oh, thank you, Dominic. Lynch in the South Sea. Yeah, I did, there hasn't there wasn't that much film. That's no. another part of the problem. Film live. I, I read today in the Athletic. The 49ers never had that many people from the front office 
from the personnel department who even saw him play. Yeah. That's I a mean, problem. you had a pandemic going on. Yeah. And, yeah. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot to digest. And again, um, you know, he came from a smaller school and you can say, well, again, competition's part of it also. Um, at the end of the day, they, they just shot too high and they didn't get it right. Right. Mm-hmm. Bottom mm-hmm. line. Yep. So, but I, I don't think this is something well, you can say. Or if say. they did, Dallas will be the benefit, not them. <laughs> but again, I think if you look at the overall body of work and where the Niners are at, you you, you got to give John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and what they're doing a very know, high grade. It's remarkable. Yeah. You're not supposed to be able to get away with that in pro sports. Yeah where you spend that much draft capital on a guy who's going to be the guy and he's nowhere near that. And it's like, oh, no. Hey, we're okay because <laughs> we found this guy and he's going to be the guy. And he fell in our laps. And how about getting Christian McCaffrey for what they did last year? I mean, that's pretty good execution right there. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're keeping him around if you're Jed York? Oh, for sure. Are this you going to give him the tongue lashing, the Peter King tongue lashing? <laughs> you're going to let that go. Yeah, I'll let Peter King and the Monday morning quarterback do that. All right, uh, coming up next, more on uh, the Trey Lance situation, why the Cowboys wanted Trey Lance and what they're going to do with him is coming up next year. Scott Marsh, Whitey Gleason, Whitey and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. At your desk, on your phone, in the car. Whitey and Watkins. On Sackdown Sports. Whitey and... Watkins today? No, Whitey and Scott Marsh. Chris Watkins with the day off, hopefully back tomorrow. And guess what we're talking about? Uh, The Trey Lance trade went down Friday. The 49ers out from under the Trey Lance situation. Does that mean the 49ers are in a better place right now, in your opinion? Yeah, they're definitely in a better place right now because the quarterback situation solidified. Trey Lance, they didn't need him. Uh, the salary cap is going to help them. I know it's not as much this year as it will be in future years, but they can use that money for something else. The fact they don't have to talk about it every day. We're talking about it today. We won't be talking about it once they kick off, in, in, you know, next Sunday. So I think they had to they had to pull the plug. They had to cut the cord and, and just be done with it. Three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. Let's talk to Sam on Sackdown Sports. Sam, you're on with Whitey and Scott Mars. What's going on? Hey, hi guys. Hey, Scott. This is Sam. How you doing? Hey, Sam. Good to hear from you, my friend. Good. Well, you know, I understand the quarterback situation. I was kind of a Trey Lance, kind of a backup guy, and I don't know, you know, getting rid of him was probably the right thing. But, you know, one thing Shanahan has done is he has taken no-name running backs, no-name linebackers, Greenlaw, Fred Warner, guys like that, and I can't even name you some of the running backs they took and turned them into very, very capable running backs. So, you know, his body of work has been terrific. And I understand you need to reach the pinnacle, which is the obvious Super Bowl, but uh, very few teams have got to that pinnacle, and uh, I'm still a real Shanahan fan because I think his player development has been extremely well done. So, anyway. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate that. Good to hear from you. And hang on. Sounds like he's on top of the Golden Gate Bridge. Telling us from he's on one of the towers up there, buffeted by high winds. No problem for Sam. Hopefully just driving very carefully, right? Uh, It's a good point, but I think it applies mainly, pardon me, to running backs. The Shanahan's going back to uh, Mike Shanahan. I mean, they have a terrific history of finding running backs that fit the uh, the outside zone blocking scheme. 
guys, you know, Tatum Bell, you go on and on as people do. Mike Anderson, guys are like, who's that guy? Watch what he does in this system. Thousand-yard rusher. No question. And, uh, you know, I again, we all realize it's um, preseason, but I, I think uh, Mason's looked really good as well. I'm excited to see. Yeah, it's a good example. Yeah. So I think he's a guy who's going to get some run, and uh, I think he's going to have a good year. I really do. Now, McCaffrey's obviously going to be the number one back, but I think JP will be somebody who can really come in and help out. That's all true. What Sam said is true, but it doesn't necessarily mean that um, you can afford in the long run to keep missing on high picks. You know, it's going to catch up to you eventually, yeah, even but, with that knack. The 49ers, I said this with Kyle Draper last week, the last few years, it's almost like they draft upside down. Um, you know, third round, Trey Sermon, uh, uh, Trey Lance, oh boy, even Jake Moody, uh, but then you got like fifth round, George Kittle, yeah. right? Yeah. Seventh round, Brock Purdy, they draft upside down, but at some point, if you, if you draft really good players early in the draft as well, then you're going to be a tough team to compete with. That's true. I mean, you'd love to get it right all the time. But, you know, as uh, Jerry Reynolds always says on the basketball side, it's like, you know, once they get off for their first workout where they're drafted means absolutely nothing, right? So mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter at the end of the day if it's a first or seventh round pick. Obviously, in terms of the salary cap and some of the uh, dollars you're talking about, it does. But overall, the body of work's been pretty good for the Niners. Yeah, here's what Jerry Jones has to say about why the Cowboys traded for Trey Lance. We weren't surprised that the 49ers traded him. I think we were both surprised. I think a ton of people were surprised that Dallas was the team that decided to make the move. That's interesting. Yeah. It would be ideal with Dak to have a young, prospective, developing quarterback that could just be in the room. That's what Jerry Jones said. He wanted to have a a young, prospective, developing quarterback. Felt like, oh, that's an asset worth having on the squad. Even though it's hard to imagine... And I think Jerry Jones even said, I, I don't envision Trey Lance playing this year. <laughs> and it's not like the, the Cowboys don't have salary cap issues either, right? I mean, they're paying Prescott that enormous contract. So um, it, it is interesting. It's kind of mystifying. I don't see the Cowboys as a team, to your point, that's going to play Trey Lance very much. And Trey Lance needs to go someplace where he's going to play. Yeah, it's funny that now it looks like maybe – the 49ers avoid the distraction of Trey mm-hmm. Lance. And maybe he, through no fault of his own, creates a distraction in Dallas. Because a big story today anyway is, oh, they didn't consult with Dak Prescott. Wow, what's what's going on there? Why did they do that? And again, it's a weak story there too. Because once they kick things off, Prescott's going to get every snap. Provided you don't think Stephen A's going to keep after him on the head? <laughs> Maybe. I don't think it's going to matter long term. Now, it will be brought up again, of course, when the Cowboys come here for the Sunday night game in Mm -hmm. week five. So that'll be interesting to see at that point in time where both teams are. Yeah. So consider this, Scott, and this is neither here nor there, but it's to me, it's a curiosity, if nothing else. 2021 draft, the 49ers had the 12th pick. So they trade up to get the third pick. They take Dak. Uh, The 12th pick ends up in the hands of the Cowboys who get Micah Parsons. So they ended up, the Cowboys ended up with, with the third pick and the 12th pick. Yeah, and, and, and a generational linebacker, right? Micah yeah. Parsons is right now a Hall of Fame player, right? Mm-hmm. And listening to Jerry Jones, he's trying to figure out how they're going to pay Micah Parsons. And I mean, they've got to do salary cap moves just to make him work. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, it, that looks very bad right now, right? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Again, we know that, the Ravens were interested in Trey Lance. The Bills and the Lions had some interest, but according to John Lynch, nobody was offering close to what the Cowboys offered, which, of course, was a fourth-round pick. I was also surprised based on 
what we'd read that they got to pick that high. Yeah, based on everything else, it felt like it was going to be a sixth or seventh round pick, right? Yep. You know, um, so yeah, I don't know what the Cowboys are thinking, but with Jerry Jones, I never know what the Cowboys are thinking. Yeah, exactly. Three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. Casey joins us on Sacktown Sports. Casey, you're on with Scott Marsh, Whitey Gleason. What's up? Hey guys, how you doing? Good. So, so here's my take on the uh, Trey Lance situation: is what happened when they drafted him is they had a Super Bowl caliber team, and they they could have drafted Micah Parsons, and they could have drafted two more first round players the next year, which they ended up or the the following two years, which they gave up to get Trey Lance. But when they made the decision to get Trey Lance. What they needed to do was say, okay, we know we have a Super Bowl team, but we're putting all our eggs in Trey Lance, and we're putting them out there no matter what. We, we, we need to get him reps. We need to let him play. And they didn't do that. So they were trying to have their cake and eat it too. You either, you either draft to build the team or you draft for the quarterback and put him in right away. Because they never put him in right away, they never gave him that full chance. They were trying to, to draft him, not develop him, and still win a Super Bowl. And they can't have it both ways. You either had to go Trey Lance or you had to go Jimmy and go for the Super Bowl. Thank you, Casey. I know what they tried along those lines. You're right. They tried to kind of thread the needle. Um, their plans to have the Trey Lance packages in his first year. Will Jimmy be the guy, but Trey will play. That was scuttled by his injury uh, week one. And then year two, is like, okay, you're the guy. And as we discussed, he broke his ankle. So they tried to give him chances to play. And just he got hurt every time. Yeah, that's true. But I think the call is a great one because, like, they had counter purposes going on. Yeah, they were cross purposes. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, could you realistically think Trey Lance is going to come in and in week one, if you're one, be your guy? I don't think that was realistic, right? And, uh, you know, but that was kind of the expectation, you know. Well, do you remember week one, game one, where they played Detroit? Jimmy would lead them down the field, and then they'd bring in Trey Lance yeah. in the red zone. And yeah, I think he threw a touchdown pass, mm-hmm. and they scored, and they won that game. Yeah. But it was like that was weird. Yeah, you, you can't run two quarterbacks at the NFL level. I mean, you see it a lot in college now, and then maybe at some point, like to me, this is interesting because the NFL was always the the league that was pushing every other league, right, in terms of innovations and everything else. Don't you feel like now college football is pushing the NFL? Absolutely. I mean, certainly to spread Especially offense, in terms everything. Of the quarterback else. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, will we see a, a legitimate two quarterback uh, system in the NFL at some point? Do you remember there was a guy named Hugh Campbell that coached in the? Uh, he coached in the USFL and the CFL. I remember him? He used to start a different quarterback each half, yeah. regardless of performance. Yeah. How Canadian. It doesn't seem like it would work at the NFL level. (laughs) I don't don't think so. Coming up next, Scott, is the national media disrespecting the Kings, our Kings, your Kings, one more time. Are they doing it again? Yes, they are. Next. How can we make them stop? Next, White and Watkins marched in for Watkins today. Sacktown Sports. White and Marsh today. Chris Watkins with a day off. Hopefully back tomorrow. Scott Marsh filling in. Capably, to say the least, for Chris Watkins today. Well, thank you, Whitey. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're a football guy. You are a football play-by-play yes. guy, and you actually saw Trey Lance play. I did. Yes. That you was... saw more than the 49ers ever did. And you never asked my, my evaluation of Trey Lance. I'm hurt. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan never called me either. Shocking uh, on some levels, the news, and on the other hand, yeah. Thank goodness that's over. Huh? I think you could tell, and I said this on the, on the radio with Chris Watkins, after that first preseason game, oh, they're showcasing 
Trey Lance. And unfortunately, it wasn't a good showcase, right? Because he yeah. looked so bad against the Raiders, mm-hmm. right? But I again, I think, you know, if you're trying to showcase, teams don't really do it anymore, especially in the preseason. All the work's done in the scrimmages beforehand, you know. As it and, should be. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're controlled scrimmages. And the, the preseason games, I think teams just try to get through, obviously. I know some injury. people were saying last week, um, hey, well, Trey Lance, before we knew he was going to be traded, Trey will have one more game against the Chargers to show what he can do. Mm-hmm. It's like, I agree with you. It's like, it's done. Right. Whatever whatever it oh. is, we didn't know for sure where it was. Yeah. Um, although we knew that when Sam was number two. It was like, sure. it's done. Right. Can, there's not enough time here. And one, if if Trey Lance went out there and, wow, he threw two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter, eh, too little, too late. But I did hear some fans say, you know, Trey Lance played great. You know, in the second preseason game, right, when he came in in the fourth quarter, he looked as good as he's looked the entire time being here in San Francisco. Well, again, that means absolutely nothing because you're playing against guys who are getting cut, right, not going to be on the team, everything else late in the game. If you're basing anything on a preseason game, you're probably looking at the wrong thing. But, again, to the Niners' point, like, what were they looking at when they drafted Trey Lance? Yeah, they were hoping. Um, But I also think – that game that he had where he played so well against Denver, Trey Lance, mm-hmm. and people get really mad when you say this. I mean, we have people complaining, why are you guys so down on Trey Lance? Mm-hmm. We're not. But he didn't even really play that well in that game. His mm-hmm. numbers were good, and he rallied them, but the start he got off to, um, and that's a bad trade he's had, getting off to slow starts. Even in that game, he was missing guys, and yeah. he was holding on to the ball too long, even though he rallied and ended up playing better against lesser opponents. Yeah, and and obviously that's the thing about Trey Lance. If he ever gets a chance to develop, just the, the pace of the game is going to have to slow down for him a little bit, right? He's or he's going to have to be able to react quicker to what he sees. Holding on to the ball is death in the NFL. And, I mean, in fairness, that was a major problem Aaron Rodgers had early in his career too. You know, and it took him a little while to get through. Now, obviously, he was an established quarterback. His career at Cal was a longer one and, and better one. But, you know, that's not what Trey Lance has suffered from. It's not something uncommon for young quarterbacks. Right. Here's the key question with Trey Lance. Is he slow on some of his reads because he just, what did Michael Lombardi say? The moment his mama picked him up, you know, he didn't have the instinct. Or mm-hmm. is he just not confident yet? Yeah. Is it a matter of him in this system getting sanitized to the point where, yeah. you know, he's like Frank LaRosa's out there giving you a golf lesson and you're trying to, I got to remember, I got to keep this elbow in. And I know Frank doesn't give lessons. But Frank does give lessons. I played does with he? him yesterday and he, he, I needed some of his <laughs> lessons. But to your point, trying to pick him up midstream during a round, like tough. Nobody can do that. Far yeah. less talented than yeah. Trey Lance. But the same thing, like it's pretty tough to make adjustments for a guy who's just trying to learn the game. You can't right? swing a club while you're trying to think all the way along yes. what I'm supposed to be doing, yes. nor can you play quarterback that way. No. Um, so I wonder, and and I think we even saw some of that with Jimmy once he finally got settled in the mm-hmm. 49ers system, that 2019 season overall, he had an excellent year, but yeah. early in the year, he was struggling, and it looked like he had some of that going on. Like, wait, what am I supposed to be doing yeah. here? Yeah. No, there's indecision. No doubt it takes time. I mean, it takes time for anybody, mm-hmm. truthfully. Well, the uh, national media, they, they seem to oh, have yeah. made up their mind. No no real indecision here that they are going to continue to uh, disrespect your Sacramento Kings, Scott. Oh, I know it. It's continuing. I know exactly where you're going on this one. Do you? I do. Yeah. Yes. Okay. ESPN has some predictions here about who's going to win what award. And I, I think they actually gave the Kings some credit in terms of where they're going to finish. That's fine. Uh, but ESPN experts uh, were asked to pick who's going to win the Sixth Man of the Year yep. award. Uh, and they say Chris Paul's going to win the Sixth Man of the Year. It's interesting. 
I don't even know if he's going to be the sixth man. He may exactly. be starting. That's what I was wondering. I, I assumed he was going to be starting for the Warriors eventually. And it sounds like maybe he's assuming that too. Yeah, I think he expects to be. <laughs> so they say Chris Paul, he's going to win it. Uh, second most likely is Austin Reeves. Third most likely to win the sixth man of the year award is Russell Westbrook. Then they say Tyler Hero uh, is next most likely. Tied for fifth most likely to win wow. the sixth man of the year award. Emmanuel Quickly and Malik Monk. That is wrong. Malik Monk is going to be the sixth man of the year this year. And he should have been last year, Whitey, uh-huh. too. Of uh-huh. all the awards that uh-huh. the Kings won and they swept the awards, Malik Monk wasn't even on the top three for sixth man of the year, which was robbery. Mm-hmm. Absolute robbery. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your bold prediction for the Kings this year? Do you have one? Not to put you on the spot. We've been kicking him around for weeks now. I don't know if it's a bold prediction, but... Overall, I love what the Kings did. I mean, everybody at first was really upset because they didn't get Kuzma or get a $30 million free agent to bolster the team. But were you? Did you want Kuzma? No, no. I what they did was brilliant. Kuzma. They brought everybody back on a good team, and they saved enough money to extend Sabonis. That was the big picture, right? The biggest thing, in my opinion, they extended Sabonis. They had to do that, right? So Some of the national critics, pardon me, but they yeah. say, they're bidding against themselves. Nobody's going to pay Sabonis that much money. Why did they do that now? They didn't have to. I don't agree with that. Sabonis is a max player, and I think somebody else would have. I mean, you just look at his body of work. I mean, I understand we want to look at the Warriors series, and okay, maybe he didn't have his best series. But if you look at the season he had, you look at his durability, I mean, he's an incredible player. Him and Fox together are two anchor pieces of a team. If you look at what they did last year, is there any reason to think they can't be as good, if not better? Uh, I think their numbers, especially, I think Fox's numbers go up, and I think Sabonis's numbers go down, but I don't think that means he will not be as good. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Mr. Vazenkov is going to be He's the a, X factor, right? Yes, yes, especially if he can rebound. He's yeah. probably not going to be a very good defender, but if he can rebound defensively, yeah. that um, that takes some of the sting yeah. out and of that. And how about quietly Kata getting an NBA contract, too? What, what do you think? I was really surprised by I was, that. too, because I felt like – it felt like after – the, you know, summer league and everything else that he was more likely to be gone than to be back. But I kind of like that move because again, to your but point, it's not a guaranteed deal, right? So yeah, I think it's partially guaranteed, and it has to come to a certain date. It, it's it's kind of like um, what they signed Chima the year before with the UC Davis guy. Um, but rebounding is still a factor, right, for the Kings, and I don't know if they've necessarily bolstered that in any way that's different i mean lens back obviously too but just the team's trajectory like this is a team to me that felt like it's young and only is going to continue to get better like so i'm happy with them i I certainly feel like this is a team that's very capable of getting the 50 wins last year or this year they should have done it last year i don't think they're going to do it last year yeah no they're not going to do it now that's for sure (laughs) i'm still thinking about that san antonio overtime i understand it's still i understand The thing about Keita, you know, we all have our opinions on him yeah. based on what we've seen from him. But if you go back, it is, you probably saw him play in college. He was an excellent defender in yeah. college. He's all-conference mm-hmm. defensively. And even in the G League, a really good defender. So His potential just I think seems... that's part of the reason they like having him around. No but I'm also really intrigued by mm-hmm. Nerlens Noel. Yeah, and that's another guy who had been, you know, wanted for a while, right? Uh, he's another guy who should help with the rebounding. You would think, right? Can come in ten minutes a game and, and do Maybe. some stuff on yeah, the board. Maybe if he's healthy. Yeah, true. 
He can rim, rim, yeah. rim run, pardon me, yes. rim run, swat a few shots. That is the one weakness of Sabonis. And I know we're yeah. nitpicking here because you're we right. Are. He had a great year. But um, he's not a great defender. To me, he puts the lie to that old cliche, defense is all about desire because he is a willing yes. defender. And he plays hard, yeah. but he's just he lacks some of the attributes you need at the NBA level yeah. to be a good defender as a I, center. I agree. But do you, do you not feel, do you feel like this is a better Kings team going into the camp? Than- yeah, I think, I think I'll, for what it's worth, I've said I, they may not win as many games, but I think mm-hmm. they'll be better. Yeah. And I think there's a very good chance they they get into the second round at least. Yeah, and the playoff experience is going to be huge. And the fact that they drew Golden State in the first round was not a break for them last year from the experience factor and everything else. And Steph Curry having one of the great playoff performances of all time. Darren Fox getting hurt in the playoff series. That certainly could have gone a different way. So I'm very optimistic and, like, I don't feel like this team took a step back. It's just like at the trade deadline last year, everybody was so upset the Kings didn't really make a move. Um, Mason Plumley, that would have been nice. Like if there was one move to be out there that they possibly could have made, it was that one because Plumley signed a pretty small contract to go back to, to L.A. Um, but I think the bench is going to be much better this year. I think so too. And they had some fine players off the bench last year, but as a group, I mean, the depth to me really stands out. Mm-hmm. And it's easy if you don't follow them that closely, yeah. it's easy to go, oh, come on, Duarte, he wasn't very good last year. But if you look at potentially what this group is, and maybe they're not all going to hit, but if some of them do, I think yeah. the bench is going to be much better this year. A- agreed. And uh, But to your point, uh, Malik Monk definitely deserves to be at come the on. highest. Of sixth person of the manual quickly. Exactly. That's not right. No. That's not right. And don't you feel like he was top three last year? Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. I think he should have been at least in the conversation. Is uh, how good's Keegan going to be this year? It's scary, right? I mean, what the, the the scouts said. One of the the King scouts who saw him right before California Classic said. Um, that he hasn't seen as much progress from, from some guy at the end of year one to year two as Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, there you go. I don't know. That's that's tough. But certainly, <laughs> Keegan's if he elevates his game and they have a big three, watch out. Mm-hmm. You heard it from Scott Marsh. Watch out. And they'll have the guy who's going to be the – he's got the sixth best chance to be uh, sixth man of the year. <laughs> Coming up next, tell you how the Oakland A's, or the Oakland, city of Oakland, how they could lose the team but keep the A's. Tell you what they're working on at City Hall. It's next year. Whitey and Watkins, Scott Marsh in today's Sacktown Sports. Check out Whitey and Watkins now on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and watch the show from your desk. Whitey Gleason, Scott Marsh today. Chris Watkins, hopefully back tomorrow. From Ian Rappaport uh, today, Scott Marsh. You know, we were talking about Nick Bosa. Everyone's wondering about Nick Bosa. Uh, Ian Rappaport said, I don't get the sense that anything is imminent with Nick Bosa and the 49ers. But it sounds like uh, he's uh, still confident that something... He, in fact, he says, I'm confident that the deal will make him the highest paid edge rusher in the NFL, and the 49ers' offer is substantial. So Ian Rappaport apparently believes um, it's going to be a huge deal, uh, but it's not going to happen anytime particularly soon. Is that really a report? I mean, <laughs> honestly, well, I, 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 fairness, I, feel, I, I feel like that's just something that has to be put out because he has like a daily quota he's got to meet. There's really no news to that, is there? 
in my uh, opinion. Well, I think you're right. I don't get the sense. He's not even saying exactly. nothing's <laughs> happening today. So I don't get the sense. What does imminent mean? Does it mean five <laughs> minutes? Does it mean an hour? Does it mean this week? Does it mean before the season started? I need some more context. Yeah. In fact, if they sign today, he could say, well, that's not what I meant by imminent. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just really vague. And he's a, obviously a great uh, reporter and covers the NFL as good as anybody. But that that alone to me doesn't really give me anything to, to tell you any more about it. I could be wrong to do this, but I I'm taking my cues from Kyle Shanahan, who so far has just said, yeah, I'm not worried about it. And I know John Lynch says, well, we're not comfortable with it. And of course he's not because he is trying to get something done. So he's not going to say, yeah, we're good, right? Because he's negotiating. But if Kyle's okay, I think it's all going to work out as long as he's ready to go. Nick Bosa, that is, for the Steelers, I think they're good. Yeah, it's hard to believe that Bosa won't be suiting up uh, for the first game. Uh, you just never know. And I think, obviously, with Nick Bosa, the, 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 the factor, too, is just health, right? Because when somebody misses a full training camp, and you know he's working out and all that type of stuff, he's going to be in, in, in great shape. But he has had a little history of injury and everything else, and does that affect anything at all early on? Mm-hmm. So, Here's what's going on, meanwhile, with the A's. Is there a chance that Oakland could mm-hmm. hang on to the A's brand uh, I I know that's been talked about, Scott. I I don't mm-hmm. think so, but Oakland apparently is working on that. Mayor Shengtao, according to reports, may be willing to extend the A's Coliseum lease beyond 2024, and I think the new place is supposed to open in 2028. Yeah, that just seems so far along, too. I mean, is that a dead set date? I mean, but right. you're Who right. Who knows? Yeah. 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 Who knows when it's really going to be open? So uh, if the Coliseum lease expand, uh, expires, pardon yeah. me, in 2024, where do they go? They've talked about Sacramento. They've sure. talked about the minor league park in Vegas. And Traveling team like the Savannah Bananas. <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, the mayor of Oakland says, all right, we've told Major League Baseball, maybe we're willing to extend the lease if the A's name and colors and brand stay in Oakland or if Oakland has promised an expansion team. Now, I love that, but I don't think there's any way – the A's or MLB is going to go for that. There's no, in my opinion. But I like it. I like it too. And it's all about the expansion team in my mind. But I don't see any way that MLB will give Oakland an expansion team if indeed this goes through with Las Vegas, which it looks like it will. Um, and without getting a team, does the A's keeping that stuff mean anything? It really doesn't. And if I'm Las Vegas, do I really care whether they come to me as the A's or not? I mean, it's a rich franchise history. I I appreciate that. You and I feel that a lot. But do the people in Las Vegas really care as long as they have an MLB team? I think that would be easy for them to give up in any sort of concession if they had to. Yeah. I just, I think if you're the A's or if you're MLB, you're going, huh, you know what? We have other places we can play, and we're really yeah. not that desperate to stay in Oakland. In no. fact, um, it, it, there's there's a lot of downside to staying there. There is. Um, I think it would be tough. I mean, we're talking about a four-year move, potentially. So I do think that is tough for, for Major League Baseball to, to figure out, right? Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, So I, I do think there is some value with that, even though we know what the Coliseum is. But the truth of it is, MLB's been living with this for a long time already. So are they willing to extend it out? Probably. Would you want them to come here? That's not being talked about as much as it was. It was in play. As an interim? Yeah. Well, I think the challenge with that, of course, is, you know, um, if they were an A's affiliate, you know, the Rivercats, maybe it's a little easier to get done, but they're a Giants affiliate. We know that. I just don't – I mean, 
how, how does that work in terms of the AAA team? What happens to the Rivercats, right? Where do they go? And mm-hmm. do they come back when they're done? I mean, I don't really see that. Would I like it personally? Yes, because I think you and I agree. Sacramento's a Major League Baseball city, period. We could support a team in every aspect, maybe other than the corporate sponsorship dollars. Send the Rivercats to Lincoln. They got a beautiful ballpark <laughs> they there. They do. Yeah. Family while, could call the games. Yes, while uh, the A's are playing at um, – is it Sutter Health Park now? Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. I forgot about just, that. Just an idea. That's just true. Just an idea. That's true. Yeah. Do you remember the story? I know you were here. Yeah. Uh, when they built the, the stadium, and there was a lot of talk at the time, and what would this have been, late 90s? Be expandable. Yeah. And I what don't happened? think they ever... Right. Yeah. My understanding is that because of the weather, the winter mm-hmm. before they needed to open, yeah. they didn't have as much time, and they just had to get it done. Yeah. So it's not a ballpark that you, you can easily just... Yeah. Add a third deck to, and that's extre- it is extremely unfortunate. But I think if we're being realistic, even if you could, I still don't think Sacramento is on the list for MLB. Unfortunately, not because fans wouldn't support it, but because of all the other issues, right? Yeah, and I don't want the A's coming here on a temporary basis mm-hmm. because just all the negativity. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want any of that. I wouldn't want to be part of any yeah. of this. It's helping tough. assisting the A's in any way. Yeah, uh, in their you know their efforts to. Just leave town and go to Vegas. Blech. Yeah. It'd have a bad feel. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. So you don't think I agree with you if you don't, but I you don't, wouldn't you don't mind think Oakland has a lot of... come through and everybody else for a few years either. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> but you're we... right. Big picture. No. Yeah. Now we have interleague play too. You don't have to worry about that. American true. league. It's going to be so sad when that happens. So it's going to be so sad. It is. I don't want to see the day. It was tough enough when the Raiders left. Right. And I don't know for me, I think the A's are even going to be harder. And it would make me feel better if the brand stayed. If they go to Vegas and they're the Las Vegas, I know Chris Verlotta had some 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 great ideas for the team. What did you come up with, Chris? Las Vegas. Oh man, I have no idea. Gamblers. <laughs> okay, Las Vegas gamblers, and then the Oakland A's stay. I would feel a lot better about the whole thing yeah. than watching the green and gold playing in Vegas. Ugh. not much comfort, but a little bit. Coming up next here, uh, let's Scott Marshall. Is that? Are we? I'm done. done. What? I'm done. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I've got a two-hour match. Yeah, we appreciate that. <laughs> that was yeah. great. Great being yeah. in here with you. Yeah. I hope Chris feels better tomorrow. Yeah, he, uh, I'm sure he will. Thank you. We appreciate it. So, Frankie Cardicelli is going to join us when we come back here. Uh, we're already talking about the next Wimbanyama before Wimbanyama even plays. Tell you all about that next year when Frankie joins us, Whitey and Watkins, Sackdown Sports.